Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, the club who just went through a weekend unbeaten. Get in. I'm Laurie Dunsire, uh, joined by Mark Donaldson, who is either in a men's cubicle or he's in a <laughs> bar. Are, are, are uh, you in a men's cubicle in a bar, maybe? I'm in a snooker hall, listen. <laughs> 44. Um, so where am I today? I'm in, I'm in Tampa. I'm, I've, I've cleared everyone out, a, po- a portion of a bar. And uh, I'm in a, a room which is clearly pretty uh, echoey. It's like an echo chamber. Um, and I'm in a, a, a place that's called Harbour Island in Tampa. I'm down here for the baseball. But you know what? Everywhere I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be some places, I've always made time for around... This is the most important part of my week, around the Funnel podcast. We've been to Aberdeen. And, <laughs> and Tampa, and uh, yeah, we're most, we've, we haven't done a bar before, have we? We've done a hotel when I was at Disney. Um, what was the weirdest place? Oh, we did the stadium during the World Series, didn't we? Yep. In Houston? Yep. And Houston. It, it, as exciting as it gets for me is that sometimes I rarely <laughs> record from the bedroom instead of <gasps> instead oh. of the living room, depending oh, on. Yeah, massive, it's massive. exciting. It can, it can get exciting. So, of, of course, Hearts didn't play, and therefore no one's weekend was ruined by Hearts. <laughs> um, so there's no game to talk about, thankfully. That's probably why we're in such good spirits. <laughs> so instead, we are going to have a, a maroon memory uh, this show, and it's uh, an apt one uh, with Rangers coming up in the quarter final this weekend as we look back to another uh, cup game against Rangers at Tynecastle from yesteryear. So we'll go through that shortly. We're also going to talk about the one signing you would make, a uh, realistic signing you would make to improve this Hearts team. We've had a few suggestions from you on that. So thank you. We'll go through those. And we will, of course, look ahead to the next Hearts game, which should certainly go ahead this time, we hope, against Rangers this coming weekend. So before we get stuck into the Maroon memory, I'm getting a bit of deja vu because we're doing the podcast and I'm getting live goal updates from Motherwell against St Mirren at Fair Park. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what to, to make it a little bit different, um, the fact that Motherwell have scored is a good yes, thing. Yes, they're 1-0 up, yes. I'll give you, I'll give you Chelsea Bayern update. This is absolutely pointless for anyone listening um, when you do listen because both games will be finished. But at least we've got something to, to watch because I don't know if we'll get to an hour today. We'll, we'll try. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. 48. <laughs> Tell you what, Dennis Taylor's on a good break here. Len Ganley, the referee, is in good form. So, yeah. 49. There's the red. I could be a bingo caller as well. That'd be another thing. Hearts bingo. Let's start a tangent nice and early. Hearts bingo. What numbers would associate with which players? There's something that we could take forward. I can't believe yeah. me, me just about to mention that Motherwell were leading against St Mirren <laughs> has, has gone to this. But but actually, it's, it's a big game from a Hearts perspective because if, if St Mirren lose, then it will put them We've got two games in hand, won't we? Uh, we'll have... No, no. Uh, they, had um, a game, they had a game oh, in of hand. Of course. We, so, yeah, we, we, yes, right. Because we play then, that's right. But what it would mean is that if we then defeated St Mirren, as things stand in that game to be played, it would put us ahead of Hamilton and level on points with St Mirren. So, um, yeah, quite important that we, you know, it stays the same or Motherwell can 
can add to their lead and we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as we get on with the show. But what we're going to do this week, given we've got no game to talk about, is talk about a game from quite a few years ago, 25 years ago, uh, almost exactly actually, just a little bit over, 20th of February 1995, the Scottish Cup, fourth round at Tynecastle Park, live Monday night football on Sky TV, this one, Hearts under the stewardship of Tommy McLean, we're sitting fifth in the Premier Division table, a point behind fourth place Celtic. Strange to think of that, isn't it? Motherwell third, Hibs second. This was, of course, before Celtic's uh, Fergus McCann revival had really got going. Uh, Rangers were in the middle of their nine in a row uh, cha- run of league championships, and they'd won at least the double for four seasons running. Uh, They were already 14 points clear at the top of the table and Hearts had failed to beat the Jers for 17 matches dating back almost four years. Uh, Before we talk about the game, Mark, this was obviously a little bit before I was going to games, about two years before I first went to a Hearts game, so not one I'll remember. Before we get into what happened in the game, what was it like going into matches against Rangers back then? Because they were just formidable. Yeah. Now, this is when sometimes my mind will play tricks on me. Um, so this was, what, February 95, yeah? yes? yeah. So it was before the Coca-Cola Cup final. Um, it was Tommy McLean's only season in charge, I believe. Mm-hmm. And because there was a... Hearts at that stage, if I remember... Oops, 48. Hearts <laughs> at that stage, if I remember rightly, um, they had the issues. They nearly went down. Um and they were they were trying to pick up the pieces um, from that. So yeah, I mean against Rangers and Celtic, Rangers and Celtic weren't weren't the best um, back then. I mean Celtic were, were decent, um, but but Rangers were what were they in the middle of? Were they they'd won seven in a row, six or seven at that point? Yeah, because Celtic would have won. Or Celtic stopped ten in a row in '98. So yeah, so Celtic weren't that good. Rangers were decent. At yeah. that stage, and, and, and see, here's what I think: when you go into a game against the old firm, that doesn't matter how you how they're playing or whatever, you still kind of see yourself as the underdogs. And I remember it being a really wet night, and Hearts uh, Tynecastle Stadium, as it was, or Tynecastle Park as it is now, was uh, still uh, kind of being renovated. So the yeah. way end, I believe, was was still um, the old school. Um, and I was in the Wheatfield stand that night, and it was it was a phenomenal evening. It really was. Uh, so there was a home tie against Dundee United waiting for the winner. Um, Tommy, Tommy McLean said in the build-up, um, it will be important that we start the game in the right frame of mind. In other words, we intend to have a go. Uh, and have a go they did. Um, the match saw former Jambo Alan McLaren return to Tynecastle. That was following his £2 million part exchange deal four months earlier. Um, the man who went in the other direction, Dave McPherson, oh, he'd love to chop and change between Hearts and Rangers, of course. He was uh, starting for Hearts. Uh, the Jambos started with Craig Nelson, Stevie Frail, Colin Miller, Captain Craig Levine, Jim Bett, Dave McPherson, Brian Hamilton, Gary Mackay, John Robertson, John Miller and David Hagen. 22 minutes in, another former Rangers player, Colin Miller, decided to have a pop from a free kick around 25 yards out. Let's have a listen back to that. He scores! 
The wall was badly positioned. Ali Maxwell is furious that Colin Miller has given Hearts the lead. So, not the most powerful of effort, this one, actually. Squeezed in at the post past Rangers keeper Ali Maxwell. He's one of these, Mark, he's a name uh, that I've recognised, don't really remember seeing him. I have to say, in this game especially, and in some clips I've seen of him before, he doesn't often cover himself in much glory, but I guess he must have been been alright, given the level he was at. He was fine. He played in the cup final in 1991 um, for Motherwell. Conceded three, but, but they still won. He was fine. He was a, he was a backup to I was at Gorham at the time, and he was okay. Um, nothing, nothing more than that. I mean, when you look at this game on, on the whole, um, Craig Nelson was in, in goal for us, wasn't he? Yes. And Ali Maxwell in goal for them. It wasn't exactly two um, of the best goalkeepers in the world, was it? Would you Would you have either of them over our goalkeepers right now? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. Craig Nelson. I was never a. That was a team. Hagen, I was never a fan of. Brian Hamilton, I was kind of defiant because a lot of fans didn't like him for his, his past with Hibs. And he was, he was okay. On his day, he was, he was fine, but he didn't have his day very often. Now, Craig Nelson, hmm. we've had the Nicky Walker's years. And Nicky Walker uh, was all right. For all the good goalkeepers we've had in, since I've been going to watch Hearts in the mid-80s, we've had some bang average ones as well. And... and, and would I have Craig Mill? I'd probably have, oh, I don't know, Ali Maxwell? No. I, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have an outfielder in goal. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, Maxwell was all right. It's a toss of a coin, isn't it, between him and Nelson? I, I'm, not, I'm not fussed for either. Well, 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 we'll just skip ahead to late in the first half in February 95. Uh, just before half time, um, Hearts uh, in Dreamland, as it was a sweet moment for McPherson. Uh, the defender had been getting booed by the Rangers support, but when Jim Betts' corner was knocked on by a Rangers head, Big Slim made no mistake from a couple of yards out. And it's turned in by McPherson. Hearts have scored again. Right on the interval. And desperate defending again by Rangers. So 2-0 up at half-time. Uh, I guess you must have been feeling, feeling that the, the long run without a win against Rangers was coming to an end at that point, at the break, Mark? Yeah. Enjoying yeah, your bovril and pie? They were certainly not singing in the rain behind the goal. Isn't it funny? Now that we looked back on that, you, you see certain players from a Hearts perspective and you've got certain memories of them um, from either a football perspective or what they did. Uh, John Pahoon with his shirt tucked out, coming out last or second last or whatever. Um... And you say Dave McPherson. Dave McPherson in this game, and I know you'll get on to it, is more remembered not for the goal that he scored, no, no. but for something he did later. And it's, it's funny because, again, it's easy when, when you go back 25 years, your mind can easily play tricks on you. I've told the story about Stevie Nicol in 86 at the World Cup, thinking that the goalkeeper had made a brilliant save from him, Scotland-Uruguay, when all Scotland needed was a draw. And he didn't watch it back for nearly 30 years because he was just adamant that this is what had happened. And in the end, it was a horrible, horrible miss. But his mind had played tricks on him. This one, um, how many people actually remember the fact that McPherson scored in this game? If you ask, I mean, I, honestly, I remember the game pretty well. I remember McPherson's run. The header, I've watched it back since and it's, re, it's rejigged the memory. 
But to be known for something in a game where you've already scored, not for that goal, to be better remembered for something else that we'll get onto in a minute. Um, yeah, at halftime it was looking pretty good, but then trouble. Indeed, this is where Rangers um, kind of got the game kick-started from their point of view. Within a minute of the restart of the second half, uh, things starting to look a bit more ominous for Hearts. Brian Loudrup uh, got Rangers back in it. McCormick finds space. Here's Charlie Miller. Goff well forward. That's a good ball across. Queuing up in the middle. And there's the first goal for Rangers. Loudrup with the final touch. It's the perfect start to the second half for Rangers. So they had actually come out a few minutes earlier than Hearts, apparently, and they seemed to have the bit between their teeth. Uh, that was Judy's knockdown, finding the Dane Loudrup um, from a yard or so out, 2-1. Uh, then less than 12 minutes later, and the jurors were level. Yes, a super header there to Judy. Rangers are back on level terms. It was future heart striker Gordon Judy knocking in Alex Cleland's cross. Uh, and you think at that point, surely only one winner now. Hearts looked a bit dejected before the restart. The Rangers fans must have felt the tide had turned, but they were wrong. Um, around a minute or so after the restart, and the Jambos managed to stun the visitors. And who else? Hearts coming back. With a chance for Robinson, he's Bet's shot should have been held by Maxwell, but the keeper palmed it out and the poacher supreme was on hand to bury it from a few yards out. Robbo, of course, four hearts, 3-2. Uh, still plenty of time for Walter Smith's men, but as the game opened up late on, they'd be caught on the break. And this is the moment we were just talking about there that Mark mentioned. Uh, 89 minutes, that man McPherson picked the ball up and, and galloped into the Rangers' half, rounded some challenges, even played a... Sneaky 1-2 out on the right. He eventually weaved his way into the box and with the composure of an attacking midfielder rolled the ball into the path of Kevin Thomas. McPherson again. Charging forward here. Not content to be defending. And that's great play by McPherson. Thomas gives it back. He's onside. Here's the McPherson. Now he needs some help. Thomas is there. It's the ball for And that was 19-year-old uh, Kevin Thomas, who'd only been on the field for about seven minutes, uh, made no mistake as he slipped the ball past Maxwell and sent Hearts into the quarterfinals. But yeah, it's one of those um, moments it's hard to forget because, you know, and Dave McPherson, uh, I saw him in his latter years at, at Hearts, obviously the big one being playing in the 97-98 the team. But he, for someone who was obviously very tall. He was quite a decent footballer and it certainly showed in that late surge into the Rangers half. <laughs> it still makes me smile because you're like, well, come on, pass. For God's sake, pass the ball. And then Kevin Thomas with, with the one-two. and He was never elegant, but he was effective. There must be a, a word that hasn't been invented yet for how he was in that goal. Um, <laughs> There are many different adjectives you can use, but I don't know if one has ever pinpointed how he was in that goal. But it, but it was a great night. It was a great night. It was a good couple of years, because I remember we went on to beat Celtic um, the following season in the League Cup. 
A um, couple of things from it when I was looking at it, when you told me we were doing this, I, I kind of had a look and see if there was anything else that my stupid mind had, had forgotten. Um, from what I read, and again, um, I'm not sure if it's true, Kevin Thomas, uh, we'd used all the subs, and Kevin Thomas suffered a, a nasty-looking injury, but from what it said, Ke um, Tommy McLean wanted us to play on, or wanted Kevin Thomas to play on with what seemed to be the, the injury. Um, it was the last time we played on a Monday night in the Scottish Cup. The time before that was, was one of many, many replays at Kilmarnock, 1987. Um, it was a second replay. Now, back in the day, a Scottish Cup tie was a Saturday, more often than not, because there was too many games on TV. The replay was usually Tuesday or Wednesday. And then if another replay was required, because it didn't go to penalties back then, the second replay would then take place the following Monday. Um, so I remember we played at uh, Hamilton in, in 86 on a Monday night, then the Kilmarnock game on a Monday night, then the Rangers game on a Monday night, of which we won all three of them. Um, but we have not had a Monday night Scottish Cup tie since that day in February 1995. Are you sure? No, because the article I was reading was from 2009. We must have had. <laughs> You're going to tell me what it was, aren't you? It was last season. Um, ah, there you go. Against Partick Thistle, we played. Ah, so it was the first. So was that was that a BBC game? Uh, or was it a... Yep, I think it was. Yeah, because Liam McLeod was there. Yeah, because because Rangers and Celtic weren't playing, so obviously Premier Sports had taken those games. So yep. the BBC only had what was left. So of course, so there, there you go. So Partick Thistle, which we won, five um, past seven on a Monday night, yeah, oh, weird. Oh, just over a year ago. And okay. The, the... So Partick, Partick away, win cup Monday night. Rangers home win cup Monday night. Kilmarnock away eighty seven win. Hamilton away eighty six win. We have not lost on a Monday <laughs> night. Listen to this in the cup since Celtic beat us at Tynecastle. In March 1972, can we have a petition to postpone the game this weekend for 48 hours to the Monday night? Well, interestingly, I mean, here's one that, I mean, I haven't actually looked this up, but I'll quickly do it now. We're playing Rangers this weekend on the 29th of February, so, I mean, we possibly don't have as many games on that day as, as, as other days, given that you don't get them every year. Well, Hearts Heritage, of course, as always, or London Hearts will uh, will come up trumps for yep. that. Um, so because twenty ninth yeah, of February, I'm looking. We haven't actually. There you go. We've played. We played a game in ninety two, lost to Celtic. A game in sixty four, beat Aberdeen. A game in thirty six, drew in Motherwell. A game in nineteen oh eight, got beat by Rangers. And oh, Bill, Bill Smith remembers that one. And a game in 1896 that we beat Leith Athletic in the Edinburgh League. So only five games previously on the hmm. 29th of February, apparently. What age is someone who's born on the 29th of February? When do they celebrate their birthday? <laughs> I think it's up to them about when they celebrate their birthday, isn't it? Because <laughs> you don't get many. I don't think you'd wait every leap year, would you? So what age are they? Well, they're the same age as everyone else. Come on. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. This must be weird. 29th of Feb. I know. Uh, yeah. Wow. So that was the 29th of Feb. Wow. <laughs> so there Good you game. go. Good so... Great noise, by the way. Great noise. I know that the stadium wasn't finished. and I know the Rangers fans were behind the goal in, in the rain. It was only actually whatever, but... only 12,000 there. 
I don't know if that's because it was a Monday night as well, but um... yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think what what the away end held. Um, was that around the time where they put seats in the away end? Because that they had to make it all seater. Not sure. Um, so again, that 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 takes that takes more of an attendance off as well. I just remember the noise. It was. There was a noise, and to get the fourth goal, the fourth goal was absolutely critical. And you never feel like you've won it. Even when we beat Celtic a few years ago, 4-0, you still kind of thought, this is Hearts we're talking about. But that game, that fourth goal, we didn't rest easy, but that that was so, so required. And they, they, had, they had a decent side um, back then, because obviously the next again season, 95-96. Um, yeah, we won't. We won't. Um, we won't go into that one too much. That no, one. but but that, they had the crux. They had the crux of, of that team that that thumped us in in the cup final. So that well, that was a really good win. Well, the two goal scorers, Lerdrup and Judy, would run riot against us. Sure. Uh, obviously, the right. next season. Um, so yeah, full time four two Hearts. Their first win over Jers in eighteen attempts, and it meant uh, for the first time in five years, Rangers would have to settle for just the one trophy. Oh, poor them. Eh? I bet they wish they could go back to those days. Um, Hearts uh, went on to beat Dundee United 2-1 in the quarter-final at Tynecastle, thanks to a double from John Miller, uh, before losing to Jimmy Sanderson's Airdrie again in the semi-final at Hampden Park. That was 1-0 in April 1995. <laughs> so moving on, last time out, uh, Mark put the homework to you. Uh, which was if you could make one realistic signing uh, to this current Hearts team to improve it, who would you sign? And we got a few suggestions, so we'll go through some of them now. The Hearts report gave us four suggestions, actually, um, if I can get my words out. Four suggestions. Four suggestions. Um, <laughs> who did you sound like? Was it Bob Carroll G's dog? <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, the Hearts report says, realistically, uh, Alex Gogic is one. Um, he's a solid battler. 25 years now. Uh, would the Cypriot fit into what we want to do? My dad sent me a message recently. He'd been watching Hamilton on TV, not against Hearts. And he's like, I like that boy, Gogic. And I paid a bit more attention to him because... I- I see what I see. He, I see he, all had the great, games. he had a great game against us, to be fair. He did. He was he was excellent, and I I always kind of thought he was more of a centre back or a defensive midfielder. Um, but I think he could. It's funny listening to Brian Rice recently after the Hearts game. He was full of praise for all these players, as he should have been, because I thought Hamilton were excellent that day. And there is that snobbery about everyone else, but it's only Hamilton. Yeah, well, they they, they play off that and quite right. Um, so with with Gogic, Brian Rice was kind of saying that his probably he thinks his best position is as a defensive midfielder. So what we have to kind of think about going forward is Peter Haring. What's happening? Because it's rest and it's more rest. And we need to, we need to resolve this issue because... It's been like a year, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's, it's so frustrating. And who's to say that if he does come back or, or whatever that... He might, same thing might not happen again. Would this have happened if he hadn't have been rushed back and played in the cup final? If he doesn't play for us again or isn't at that same level, do we play Michael Smith in there? Do we get Toby Sibic on a, a permanent deal? Or do we look at someone like an Alex Gogic who could also play as part of a, a back three? And, and maybe, yeah, so I think, I think that's someone... Gone are the days of, of kind of, oh, well, we can't sign someone from 
it's only Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Templeton um, did well at Hamilton and went on to, to kind of bigger and better things. Um, so there's been some really good players that have come through Hamilton, not, none more so than MacArthur and McCarthy. So yeah. it's yeah. different. He's, he's a bit older. He's not, he's, he's not as young. But I don't think, in our predicament, I don't think we, look, we turn our nose up at anybody. And he's certainly someone, from what I've seen so far, yeah, I think he could do a job as a, a kind of uh, as a holding midfielder. The Hearts report also mentioned Stephen O'Donnell, which you talked about last time out, the like Kilmarnock yeah. right back. He also mentions another Kilmarnock player, Alan Power. Uh, now he's 32, but so the Irish lad. Yeah, good presence yeah. in the centre of the park when I see him. Certainly seems to control things quite well. He does a lot more of the of the dirty work. Not that he's a bad footballer, but um, a lot more of the kind of water carry and stuff as well. So again, yeah, possibly but 30, 32, uh, Laurie though. 32. Yeah. I mean, I think what what we should be looking to do, not only strengthening us, is to try and weaken our opponents for next season. Um, because Hearts is going to be a step up for the majority of players at a lot of other clubs. Okay. So I think that's an opportunity. But for a 32-year-old, good player. But no, I think we need creative players in, okay. in, in midfield. So not okay, him. well, the next one may be looking at weakening our opponents for next season. So Dunfermline striker um, Kevin Nisbet. Oh, what, very good. See what I did see there? See what you did there. Smart, yeah. Bit of a, I mean, bit of a delayed be, reaction to, to it, but... No, nah, but uh, there is a time delay. I mean, to, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, um, when Dunfermline get up into the Premiership via the playoffs, they'll not be our opponents um, next season. No, so that's true. That's true. Would, would he drop down a division <laughs> to come God. and play for uh, Little Hearts? Good uh, player, by the way. 20, a, lot, a lot of players yeah, like him. I was going to say 22 goals this season for Dunfermline, a, a poacher certainly, and the season prior, 34 goals for Wraith. And, doesn't turn 23 until next month, March. So still uh, very young, still with you know potential to improve. So certainly one that you uh, you know it's not a position we've managed to get many goal scorers. Boyce could True. be the answer long term, but maybe you know there's no harm in having more than one. I can't. I don't know if we're going to have a lot of backup to Boyce in terms of someone who'll get into like double figures of goals. So here's the other thing with regards to players that do well in the championship. Lawrence Shankland, and there were question marks. As you saw, he ended up staying in the championship with Dundee United. There were question marks from a lot of people in the Premier League that were decision makers. Could he make this step up? Um, I don't know if there's much, I don't think there's much um, difference at all between the bottom of the, the Premiership and the top of the championship. It's not been the best championship this year. Dundee United have run away with it as far as quality is concerned, because United then the rest, and the rest are beating each other. But I don't think there's much difference. I mean, who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have a Lawrence Shankland or the boy at Dunfermline? Or would you have a couple of the strikers that are, are playing for some of the lower lower kind of teams in the in the Premiership? Shankland's been outstanding, and as has, uh, as has Kevin at Dunfermline. I think sometimes, I know it doesn't always work out, we've seen it all work out, but when you're a poacher, sometimes it's that kind of, that kind of position and that kind of player that it doesn't necessarily matter when they jump up. Obviously, there'll be a de- there'll always be a degree of that. We're not saying you can throw them into a Champions League game or something, but you got you're going up a level. If you make the right runs, you make you get into the right positions, and you you're confident with your finishing. It sometimes doesn't matter. You you see it with people who are scoring goals when they come up against a team in a higher division, they'll still manage to find the back of the net in a cup game or whatever. So. Yeah, I, I I don't see why he couldn't necessarily do a job on paper, but I'm saying this as someone who doesn't watch him regularly. I've read things about him and I've seen his stats. 
it cost a lot of money, would you not? Did they not turn down an offer for him in, in January? There were people. I think I heard that. We need to. We need to have a bit more digging into it, but certainly a viable suggestion. Um, Colin S says Hladke or Gordon. Now we've spoken about Gordon quite a bit, but um, Vaclav Hladke is one who I'm very surprised, to be honest, is still at St Mirren. He's still only 29, which is actually young, I would say, for a goalkeeper in terms of you can get another 10 years at a a decent level, and I think at the level we're at, as in the top flight of Scotland, I think he's a great keeper. Um, Houston Dynamo, the MLS, had been interested apparently, Rangers and some other clubs in the UK. I believe his deal is up at the end of the season. Um, and obviously, the position we're in, we don't know where we'll be or whether he'll be going down a division and we'll be staying up or vice versa, but definitely a person I think we should be at least monitoring, even if he, this potentially might go to a bigger club. Goalkeeper's the number one position to sort in the summer. You've seen more of him. You've commentated on him. What's he like with the ball at his feet? Uh, he looks like a decent enough shot stopper. You know, it's one of those... The honest truth is, I can't think of the top of my, off the top of my head. I just think... Oh, so, he's not, so he's not screwed up, then? You, you don't, if I gave you a goalkeeper, you're like, oh, that mistake or whatever. Or I don't remember any of that. I remember him being very solid, making some good stops and handling generally being good. I, I, I honestly would be lying if I said to you I remember what he was like with the ball at his feet. But, yeah, I don't remember any particular er- particular errors. Um, and I've been generally impressed with him as a as a goalkeeper, handling-wise. So, yep. Positive? Yep. We just need uh, a goalkeeper. I mean, we I, do. Craig, what was it? who was Craig linked with earlier this week? Huddersfield Town, I think, as well. So, um, I think his preference would be to stay in Scotland and stay in the central belt. But if, if hearts don't come in for him... Stendhal might fancy someone that he knows from from previously, and Possibly. remember remember his assistant manager is uh, former goalkeeping yeah. coach at Hanover. So don't be surprised if a German goalkeeper arrives. Uh, Roddy Elliott just says any decent goalie. Um, Derek yep. Wilson says definitely a decent keeper. Great Craig Gordon would be a, a great addition. A good keeper can be worth ten points in a season. Um, Chris McGill says Craig Gordon. Craig Hutchinson uh, says definitely Craig Gordon. He says after... did they not did they not listen to the homework? Outfield player. Ah uh, yeah, okay. Ah uh, uh, yeah. No no sorry sorry. I'm gonna take the flack for that because I think when I posted the question on the Twitter again, uh, I didn't. It's your fault. It's my so it's my fault. You can't blame them. It's my fault. But. No, just because I said outfield player last week because I knew that. Because everyone would say Craig. Craig. Yeah, everyone would say Craig Gordon. Okay. So, totally, totally get that. Well, yeah, it's, it's my fault and also we understand it. So, yeah. Uh, one last one, though, just to throw out there, just out of interest. Jambo Hendo says, Wes Fodderingham from Rangers, a decent keeper who can't get a game at Ibrox. Um, he's another, he's still only 29, back up for Rangers. Um, don't know what if he'll be in the plans because, I mean, Alan McGregor won't play on forever. Just two league games a season, though, and Although I wouldn't say I've been blown away by Wes Fodderingham when I've seen him. He always seems okay. Um, and one thing, he always seemed very good with the ball at his feet. I would say that. Um, I know when Warburton came in, that was quite a big part of how he was playing as well with the, the keeper playing in that sweeper-keeper role and passing it out from the back. Maybe potential if he was interested in staying north of the border. Yeah, I think if you've got a full summer... Um, or even now they're preparing for next season. Uh, I think we can do better than him. He's fine. He's, he's, I take Craig over him. He's fine. Nothing more. Nothing more than that. Okay. So we'll drop the keeper one since I dropped a uh, dropped a clanger. Dropped a clanger. Yep. Yeah, did, did you like my? Did you like me putting the the clanger reference? I want to know if anyone would get it last time. 
You're not that old. No. You don't I remember the clangers, do you? But, but when you talked about Langer, and then I played... Did you like... I thought... I, I wanted to see... If oh, it went, it went over my head. Oh, okay. Never mind. Over my head. Um, Doogie... Doogie Moultrie. Moultrie? Moultrie? I'm not sure how you say that surname. I may have misspelled it when I typed it out. Um, it's like an episode of Off the Ball. Remember they used to get people from all over Scotland and Tam and Stuart didn't really know. No wonder. It was like obscure places and they didn't even know how to pronounce the place they were from. Oh, Moultrie? Moultrie? I would, yeah. God, I wouldn't... The first time I saw the... Kirkudbury, when I first saw that, I was like, where? You know the one I'm talking about down Dumfries. Kirk, Kirk Cudbright. Yes. <laughs> and and then there's the obvious one west as well, which always... Milton Gavi! Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Stephen Colker is the one that Doogie suggested. Uh, who... Oh, there, there's one. It was yeah. in Dundee and then went over overseas yeah, again. He's now in Turkey with... Uh, Alanya Spore, I believe. Um, probably on big money, I'd imagine. Um, how random was that move to Dundee, though? He was 26 <laughs> still at the time, capped by England, previous, previously at Spurs and Liverpool. That was bizarre <laughs> when I think... <laughs> My first thought was, he's on the run from somebody. He'll, and I'm like, no one will ever find me in Dundee. <laughs> Dundee have had some belters for those, but mainly in the, the old Bonetti. Oh, era. yeah. Ravinelli played for Dundee. Uh-huh. Claudio Canizia. Jesus, that that could be a good question. The most bizarre signings. (laughs) We were talking about this the other day. I can't remember who I was talking about too, but uh, I was saying the most, well, one of the most bizarre days I had as a broadcaster was when in the morning Ray Wilkins signed for Hibbs and in the afternoon Chris Waddle signed for Falkirk. (laughs) Two really bizarre signings still happened to be on the the same day, but Dundee had, had some right good players as well. I mean, Georgie Nimsadze, Timuri oh. Kitzbaya, I remember he went there, and Juan Sara. They yeah. had some right good players. And uh, payment payment of wages and, and everything like that. Um, ask no questions and hear no lies. It was their own It was their own Romanov era, wasn't it? But probably actually it was. even dodgy. Well, Ro- but, the, the, uh... This is the thing. Romanov, his first involvement in Scottish football before he even got into Hearts, he looked at the Dundee clubs and Dunfermline. <laughs> so it could be, they could have had Romanov before we got him. Yeah. The comment about the women in Dundee. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll stay away from that. Someone, someone has asked, you know, what if we can just have some more Romanov chats on the show, incidentally. Oh. I'm going to go off on a tangent. And we will. We certainly will. Um, if anyone's not, I, I recommend listening to the latest... Um, uh, open goal Cy Ferry interview, uh, w- which is with Jim Jeffries. I've actually, it's about an hour and a half long. I've only just, I've just got over an hour listening to it this afternoon, and it's it's very good. But even some of the, even the very brief Romanov references from um, from Jeffries is excellent. And um, obviously Jeffries himself has some great stories from his time. So one to recommend there. Um, rounding up some of the suggestions for footballers, Graham Taylor says if we stay up. Alan Campbell, uh, bring bring in a midfielder capable of breaking up play and getting us moving forward. Uh, seeing as Sibic is only on loan and Haring is broken, it gets Smith back to right back. Broken, I know, and allows Claire <laughs> to play further forward. If we go down, I think we should look at what Dundee United have done in signing a hot shot young striker who can, uh, whose goals can find us back to the Premiership. Um, he says he doesn't see Boyce sticking around in front of the Championship. So Kevin Nisbet from Dun. Firmland. So we've spoken about Kevin Nisbet, but Alan Campbell, 
Still only 21. A really impressive midfielder when I've seen him. Technically good. Good engine up and down the park. Um, only thing I would say is surely he's probably going to go into bigger and better things than Motherwell and Hearts level soon, you would have thought. I would imagine he's maybe going to be out with our price range. Only if someone doesn't come in from down south, yeah. It's like David Turnbull, who thankfully is on his, his way back. Um, Alan Burrows at Motherwell tweeted a photo of Turnbull's jerseys. He's making his comeback now after his failed move to Celtic. Is that someone that, that would consider... It's, it's tough for him because he, it was his dream move to Celtic and, and ultimately he didn't, he didn't get that. So he'll end up... If, he, if he's able to recover, hopefully, from his injury, I'm sure he'll play at a much higher level um, than the Scottish Premiership. But is, is he someone that, that we could maybe consider looking at? Um, and the, the problem is the, the, the cost, the transfer fee, because he's... He's still under contract, I believe, for another at least another season after this. Uh, John Smith says, probably get shot down in flames for this, but I would go for Jason Kerr. No-nonsense defender, great in the air, and arguably better than anything we have at the back currently. So Kerr, this and Johnston man, is only 23. He had a, a good season last campaign from what I saw, but certainly the start of this campaign especially, he was very off-colour. Um, don't know if the fact he was given the captaincy, uh, weighed on him a little bit. Similar situation though maybe to to John Souter, a player with a lot of potential who looked like he was you know, had the world at his feet then had a bit of a kind of crash and maybe levelling out. I haven't seen an awful lot of him in the last couple of months but certainly potential, only 23 maybe one that could be developed. Is he a centre-back or a right-back? C- centre-back. Again, yeah, I mean the kid... Um... Hamilton, who keeps getting sent off at Hamilton, has been invited <laughs> down to Brighton this week. Um, Billy Reid is the, the guy there, obviously Graham Potter's assistant, who was at Hamilton and still keeps in touch with what's going on at uh, New Douglas Park, whatever the hell it's called these days. Um, again, it's not for a, with a view Fountain to a of Youth Stadium. Ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of, of talent. Yeah, as long as we're abreast of, of who's out there. I just, I just want a pre-season with Hearts in the Premiership. Um, and see what Stendhal can do. There's a lot of water under the bridge before that. Um, yeah, I mean, they're already looking, I know for a fact. Yes. <laughs> Everyone knows that, surely, because they're not doing their job if they, if they don't. But, but here, here's the thing. Right now, what's, what's the involvement of, of Austin McPhee and, to a lesser extent, Craig Levine at the football club because they remain under contract? Who knows? Who knows? Um, that's the... That's a can of worms we'll maybe try to keep yeah. closed closed for now. Stuart Randall suggested Greg Doherty, the 23-year-old midfielder who's on loan at Hibs from Rangers. He does still have two years left, I believe, at Rangers. After He's done well summer. at Hibs. He's looked good. Great goal against Kilmarnock. Um, the Gorgie Roar suggested Alan Campbell as well. Thinks it would be a perfect fit in a Daniel Stendel midfield. And, oh, here's a, here's a one really from left field, and I'm afraid it's another goalkeeper, but I'd, I'd only just noticed this one. This is from Pez Jamtart Dosser, um, who says, what? One, one player that's being optimistic, but I'll go for, is ex-Arsenal keeper and free agent Viviano. Uh, 30, this is, so I had to look this up, because I, I was like, who's that again? I feel like I know that name. So he's a 34-year-old Italian keeper, six caps for Italy. Um, he was loaned to Arsenal, as, as Pez Jamtart Dosser suggested, in 2013-14. Never played for them, though. Uh, was most recently with Sporting Club in Portugal, who released him at the end of last season following a loan spell with Spal, although he did play 17 Serie A games for Spal last, last campaign. 
Man, they stayed up. Um, free but, agent, it looks like, just now. So when does the free agent... The free agent window's still open, I think. Now, I wonder, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Is it Martinez that Inter were looking to bring in? Was Viviano mentioned? I'm trying to think. Because they've got this issue He was on right the books of Inter before. Yeah, but they've got this issue with Handanovic and his little finger and... and They've always got Tommaso Berni on the bench, and, and they've got Padelli, who's been playing but isn't any good. Oh, yeah, um, yeah I've seen him. So if, if they're desperate for a goalkeeper, then why hasn't Viviano been, if he's free and available, and, and why aren't Inter um, after him? Is he not any good? I don't know. I, it's it's slight, it's slightly totally, different, it's totally slightly different level. Um, oh, yeah, two, two, he, you're right. Two weeks ago, he um, there was a new story. Was him. He was set to train with Inter. Yeah, there you go. It was him. So... So, yeah, I mean, if, if, I, I'm always wary, right? It's February. It's like it's like September, October. After the transfer window shut, why are you still a free agent? Well, there's some perfectly valid reasons for a lot of them. But others, you're just like, okay, you, you, did you not get what you were hoping for? You're going to try and test the, the market? Or why? Why are you a free agent when you must have had some offers? So, again, that's why the people at football clubs do their, their homework. Suddenly before they bring a player in. I like how we've got to the point that a player who, um, Internazionale, who are going for the Serie A title are considering is one that we're, we're, oh, we're, we're putting some questions out there about. Well, we our... can get them now. That's yeah. the thing. Any yeah. free agent you can get now. So, uh, how, how, how pressing is the need? For us? Yes. Very. Well... Alarm bells. We, we know they're still ringing just because we weren't playing. The alarm bells haven't gone off. Oh, it's, it's been a week <laughs> of tinnitus. <laughs> we'll all have it. Anyway, that was good. Thank you to everyone for for messaging. Uh, some some good suggestions. You're welcome huh? for the homework for the homework question. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever. Got a good one this week for you. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll talk about that before we go. But um, yeah. Okay. Until that point, we will move on to to a new topic. So this weekend, Saturday the 29th of February, a rare 29th of February match, half past five kickoff at Tynecastle. It's Rangers in the Scottish Cup quarterfinals. Only the second Scottish Cup meeting uh, against Rangers since the 98 Cup final win. The last time was also in the quarterfinal. That was at Ibrox when Hearts lost 4-1 in March 2000. Barry Ferguson, Arthur Newman, Lorenzo Amoruso and Billy Dodds for the Jars. A Colin Cameron penalty for Hearts. Uh, so we don't play them very often. 20 years since we played them in the Cup. Uh, we beat them recently though, of course. Uh, who could forget that, Mark? Um, how are you feeling? Um, yeah. They're off form. They're, they're, looking, they're looking a bit dodgy at the moment. I'm feeling alright about this. I... Uh... We'd have liked to have played against St. Mirren last weekend, but, but we didn't. Um, I'd, I'd be really, really pissed off if Liam Boyce hadn't recovered from tonsillitis. Um, again, a lot depends, I think, as well, on how they get on against Braga in Portugal. Because if they get through, that would be a fine, fine um, victory over a really good side. They, they, they're not the best defensive side, but my God, going forward... They'll probably score at least two at home. So Rangers are going to have to score over there. And if Rangers can somehow get a victory um, going through, you don't need a victory on the night, uh, score, draw, or any kind of draw would do, um, then they'll go into that game buzzing. 
the tiredness effect. I was going to say because my... yeah, the way Braga yeah. play, I I can't see what, however that game goes, I can't see it not being a high intensity match, especially yeah, exactly. with especially with Rangers leading now. Yeah, um, I mean Morelos is is just lost all confidence right now. It looks like he couldn't have a cow's backside uh, with a banjo, but. <laughs> here, here come Hearts. Don't worry, we'll, we'll help you, Alfredo. Um, Camberi's looked. We mocked when when he signed, but he's looked all right since he, he certainly of late. Um, and he offers them something different. So again, they'll be favourites. And it's 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 interesting when you think about this, right? Because if you look at the bigger picture, you're probably going to face one of the old old firm teams in the, in the cup if you keep progressing. I don't want to play that Hamden. I don't want to play Celtic at Hampden. I don't want to play Celtic at Celtic Park. And I don't want to play Rangers at Ibrox. So you're going to have to beat one of them. Then why not quarterfinal? Um, I would have loved a better tie, of course. Um, but we don't have that. And I don't think we can complain, given the fact we've faced Lidl, Aldi, the third and fifth Cub Scouts from Pennycook, and um, the Masonic Lodge from Fernie Hill uh, in the Scottish Cup over the last 12 months. Or, or teams of that ilk. It's been <laughs> far too easy as far as the draws of, of, of concern. We got so, so fortunate. We were, we were due a good draw for a while. Then we got them all at once. We'll take them. So, yeah, I'm, this would have been a very different approach going into this one if when the balls had come out and Hearts and Rangers were the last two teams, if Rangers were named first and then Hearts. It's at home. I don't know how the ticket sales are going. I know the tickets were expensive. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's a, it's a decent crowd. Uh, hopefully it's a full house. And um, put it this way, I think they're more worried about this game than than we are because it's going to be it's, to lose. It's going to be their last chance, really, to get something. It, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Jonathan Obika has just scored for St Mirren. It's Motherwell one, St Mirren one at yeah. Fir Park. Live update for people listening to something which will have finished um, probably at least twelve hours. Yeah, yeah, the ticket, we're not going to have a big thing on the tickets, but I believe, as you know, it's both clubs agreed to, and I believe Rangers were very insistent on keeping prices at a certain level, Um, maybe expected, given, I mean, they'll sell out their end, but as an overall crowd, could be affected, but anyway, we're not going to get into that too much yet. Um, It's not, look, it's not an ideal draw for either of us, that's the bottom line, but... I know what I've got pals that are Rangers fans, and it's not the draw that, that they wanted. They would rather go to Aberdeen um, than, than play Hearts at Tynecastle, which sounds daft because Aberdeen are where they are on the table and Hearts are where they are, but they've just not performed at Tynecastle, and we're going to need that same again. And again, I think this is something that with, with the, the amount of time that we've had between games, we've got to be fresh, and hopefully we've not had too long between games. They're not going to be fresh. They'll either be riding a wave of enthusiasm, excuse me, after after going through, or they'll be coming into this game knowing the league's gone, they're out of Europe, and this is the last chance. That's a hell of a lot of pressure for any team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all right about this one. Do I think we'll win? I think we've got a chance. I'm not going to predict the Hearts win. I think we've got a chance. No, no more than that. But, yeah, bring it on. It's, it's a Saturday night... Um, just yeah, just just bring it on. I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. And again, what gives me that cautious optimism? Nothing. But I can still be cautiously optimistic.
Let's see if that cautious optimism carries on because I'm going to bri- briefly mention the game after because I don't think we'll get a chance to record before it. Um, and after it, we travel to Easter Road in the Derby Ooh. in the league next Tuesday. How's that cautious optimism? Not cautiously <laughs> optimistic about that one. <laughs> Is it buoyantly optimistic? Not confident at all. <laughs> <laughs> Again, but here's the other thing. We talk about Rangers going to brag. If they get a result, they're flying, right? And tiredness doesn't... It's adrenaline. They're absolutely buzzing after putting out another Portuguese side or beating another Portuguese side in a tie. Um, so they'll come to Tyne Castle, buoyed if they get through. Hearts would go to Easter Road, buoyed if they, if they beat Rangers in the Cup. So, again, a lot of... The, this weekend's Saturday game depends a lot on the Braga game. Midweek game against Hibs depends a lot on on the Rangers Cup tie. So yeah, if if we go into it on the back of a, a victory over Rangers, then yeah, I'll be I'll be confident. I'll be optimistic. Right now, yeah, no, I need I need I need something to grab onto. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I did last time we were in a situation, which was oh okay when we were about to go and play Falkirk in the cup, and um, we also had Celtic in the league. If I can give you, by the time we next record, which is likely to be after the derby. Oh, that's a good question. If you could pick one win and one defeat out of the next two Ooh. games, Rangers in the cup, Hibs in the league, Ooh. what are you taking? I'm taking Hibs in the league. Oh, you're with me this time. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm t- I, I, <laughs> the alarm bells weren't ringing the last time. <laughs> I can hear that church bell going ding-dong right oh, now. Oh, the bells are from... ringing, yes. Oh, they are. So, yeah, look, there's there's a very high chance that if we keep going in the cup, Celtic will meet us either in the semis or in the final, and we'll probably lose that. So if we want another day out of hand, then of course we do. But this time, if I have the choice, definitely three points against Tavernian. What do you think, if you were to, to pre- pretend... A poll was taking place right now for the next 30 seconds and every Hearts fan was responding to it. What do you think would be the choice? Hibs in the league or Rangers in the Cup? I think this time, the last one, I think the Celtic win won over, but it wasn't a whole lot in it. This time I think it would be a landslide. I think it would be 90-something percent would be a win against Hibs. And I'm totally with you. A win against Rangers would be great on the day. But then, yeah, it could be Celtic in the semi-final. We might not even get to a final. We might get hammered 4-0 in a semi, and then we go down, and it's like, well, great, we remembered getting to that semi-final that season. No, it's, it's yeah, right now it's crucial. If it was, if we were ninth or even 10th and we were comfortably ahead, you might, I could maybe see the reason behind it, but right now points are huge. And the lift we would get from a win at Easter Road ahead of, a big game against Motherwell and a big game against St Mirren, which has now been rescheduled for Wednesday the 11th of March, incidentally. Yeah, it would be huge. So I agree. I'll put the poll out there for banter, but I'm pretty certain it'll be 90-something percent at least um, for the Hibs win. The win against Hibs, rather. Okay, so before we go, Mark, what's what's your homework from your, from your, from your Tampa bar? From my Tampa bar, based on something that was said earlier, homework is simply... Thus, what's the best performance from an opposition player against Hearts that you have seen? We're definitely recycling homework, but that's okay. Um, 
I wondered if we'd done this before. It's fine. It's fine, though, because it's always worth getting these out again. And people might not even remember. I don't. Uh, I don't remember many specifics, uh, but I certainly know that we have done that topic. But that's absolutely fine. So, yeah, let's revisit best opposition uh, performances against Hearts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go left field. I'm going to go left field. There's the obvious ones. I don't want to give too many away right now because there'll be people who... I've got them, and I don't want to steal their thunder, because there's been a lot of good performances against Hart. Um, the one I'm going to go for is the Scottish Cup semi-final in 1998 at Ibrox. Kevin McAllister for Falkirk against oh, Gary yeah. Naismith. Yeah, that, that's the one. Um, got, unbelievable. <laughs> the one that got Gary Naismith pinned up against the wall and <laughs> yes, wanting, yes, to, yes. wanting to drop football and give it all up mm-hmm. after that semi-final, after he got a roasting from the man who we were talking about, Jim Jeffries. Um, no, decent question. So put a yeah, give us. You, You're so sarcastic and so. It's so, yeah, it's decent for a change. Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's just a good question. that has been done, but that's fine. People might have some new ideas. No, I didn't do it. I didn't do it that way. I spent spent twenty minutes t- telling you the question the last time. I've I've learned not to okay. elongate anymore. I've learned to be more succinct. Yeah, get there. Um, so you can tweet us at around the funnel, and you can email podcast at scarves around the funnel. .co.uk. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Apologies, uh, the sound quality from one side hasn't up, been up to normal yeah, standard. Yeah, get, get but... a better microphone next year, next week for yourself. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Mark, for making the effort to tune in from a bar in Tampa uh, while you've been covering um, the glorified game of rounders um, that people Felt like stung. that people like in the the United caps States. Caps off! No, 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 listen, caps off. BT Sport. Week of the 23rd of March. It's back on your screens. If you don't have a subscription to BT Sport, I don't care what it costs, get one. It's the best 50 minutes of telly you'll find all week. Plug over. Okay, good. Because we're going now. And we'll see you next week. And maybe we'll be still positive, even after Hearts have played next time. You never know. The alarm bells are ringing, but we're hoping that um, they'll subside soon. Until then, see you next time. (laughs) 